This week's Labyrinth Library podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash lablib. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and again, welcome to the Labyrinth Library Podcast. How are you doing? I am I'm great because today is a day off for me. Yes, in Japan, the uh, spring and autumn equinoxes are holidays. So it's wonderful. We got two days of work, one day off, two days of work, weekend. Beautiful. That's how it should always be, I think. Uh, but things are, are good. Things are winding down. You know, the kids have all graduated and now we're all just preparing for next year's classes, hoping that I know what I'm doing. I might. I might not. Who knows? We'll find out when the classes start. And I'm looking forward to taking about a week off uh, at the end of the month. So that is all good. I hope that you have an equal chance. Get some time to yourself. Get some time to relax if you can. Uh, but why don't we get into this week's book? Now, last week I told you that this week's book was by a famous scientist whose work we've seen before. And he is the, you know, the bongo playing, lock picking, uh, sort of hippie beatnik, awesome, cool guy scientist of the day. And I did get some correct answers. Uh, took a little while. Took a few guesses that it was Richard Feynman. That was clear enough that it was Richard Feynman right away. Paul in Spain and Marissa in the U.S., of course, the, the, the terrible tag team. They both nailed that right away. Took a little while to get the book because he's done a bunch of books. And this week it is The Pleasure of Finding Things Out, which is, uh, the other book that I've read. The one that we read before on the podcast was Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, which was good fun. This one, uh, it's a little bit different. Let me get into it. So, as I said, I read Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, had a great time with it. And here's the problem with high expectations, is that very often they are dashed. Now, in my years, kind of trawling the web and being a science nerd, which I've done for a long time, I heard a lot about Richard Feynman. There are legends about him. He's, you know, the puck of physics, brilliant, untamed, and really, really funny. Now, I read, surely you're joking, but I read this one first, and I thought that this book, with a title that appealed to me, and by an author-scientist whom I respected, or at least uh, wanted to respect very much, I thought that this would be uh, a lot of fun, you know? And when I got the book, I was really kind of expecting to read a, a, a lightning-quick volley of ideas that would just set my mind alight with the wonder and infinite possibilities contained within a lifetime's pursuit of science. I mean, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I've read a lot of popular science books, you know, by by Carl Sagan and Phil Plait and Neil deGrasse Tyson, and that's kind of the, the way that a popular science book works. It's supposed to inspire wonder and, and amazement and awe. That didn't quite happen with this book. Now, don't get me wrong, Feynman is indisputably brilliant, and he is far from the classic mold of the physicist, you know? He had no patience for titles or honors, and in fact, just couldn't give a damn about them at all, as long as he had science to do. He would tell Nobel laureates, men whose names were bywords for scientific brilliance, that they were wrong, without hedging or worrying about their egos. He liked to play on the bongos, he loved a good story, and he delighted in playing tricks. One of his more irritating hobbies, well, 
irritating for other people, was safe-cracking. And by the time he left Los Alamos Labs after the Manhattan Project, there were no places left to hide secrets from Feynman. So Feynman was no doubt a really cool guy, the kind of scientist you'd want to invite to your party without hesitation. His first interest was science, and as scientists go, he was one of the best. However, that doesn't always mean that reading him is always entertaining. Now, the book was, for me, uh, not terribly readable for two reasons. The first is that it does get awfully technical at times, and while I do love science, I'm not quite educated enough in it to grasp a lot of the technical details. Indeed, it kind of broke my heart when Feynman said that, well, when it comes to physics, if you don't know the math, then you don't know the science. Which is true, yes, it's it's humbling and it's disturbing, but still, come on, Feynman, stroke my ego a little bit just this once. Now, if I were editing a collection of Feynman's work, <laughs> uh, I probably would have started with his big ideas. Uh, defenses of science as an integral function of humanity's ultimate progress, for example. Then, having made the reader comfortable with how Feynman thought, they could have gotten into what Feynman thought. But no, the book starts off with highly technical lectures on quantum electrodynamics and the difficulties in getting parallel computers to work. If you don't know a lot about how computers work, or you don't have a detailed awareness of atomic theory, then you're going to be a little lost. Or a lot lost. Even his minority opinion on the Challenger accident, something I was especially keen to read, was far too dry to be enjoyable, as I wanted it to be. The second reason why I didn't terribly enjoy this book is because a lot of it is transcripts of speeches and interviews. Now, very few people are able to speak in a readable manner, and someone with a mind like Feynman's, which is always moving and always active, uh, he isn't one of them. There are a lot of asides and false starts and wandering thoughts and truncated paragraphs. Even his more structured speeches aren't structured very well for the reader. I think it would be different to listen to him, uh, to sit in the audience and watch the man speak. Indeed, if you go to YouTube and look around, search for Richard Feynman, there are a lot of videos from interviews that he gave, and he's great fun to watch. He had that kind of infectious energy and enthusiasm that would make it easy to, to gloss over structural problems and really enjoy the speech. When you listen, you really get the passion that he has for science and for physics in particular. But turning speech into print is always dangerous, and I think here, in many cases, it failed. Now, for different people, people who are deeply involved in physics or who are Feynman acolytes, this book is probably fascinating and a fascinating look into the mind of one of the 20th century's greatest scientists. For the rest of us, the science fans, as it were, we're going to have to find other things to enjoy from the text, and it is there. One of those, indeed, is the title of the book, which is The Pleasure of Finding Things Out. You see, for Feynman, science was not a rigor. It was not a job. It was a joy. He attributes a lot of that to his father, who he says was an unlikely fan of science. As a uniform salesman, Feynman's father was not a scientist and had no scientific training, but he raised his son to think about the world. Rather than tell him why, for example, a bird picked at its feathers with its beak, he encouraged Richard to observe the bird, to form a hypothesis, and then see if observations confirmed that hypothesis. His father taught him to question everything, to form his own opinions about the world, and by doing so, made him into a scientist from an early age. It is that attitude, I think, which should be the dominant theme of this book, rather than Feynman's technical genius. He says over and over to doubt everything. Ask yourself why things are the way they are, rather than just relying on what other people tell you. Observe, 
experiment and test, and you're doing science. He has some disdain for the social sciences and a pretty healthy dose of misogyny in a couple places, but if he's arrogant, then, well, it's probably well-deserved. Feynman was a man fascinated with how the universe worked, all the way down to its smallest components, and that was his passion. Not awards, not titles, not praise, just the work, the discovery, and the pleasure. So let me give you a quote from the book. Uh, Feynman says this one. It is a, a very good quote, and one that you should keep in mind. It actually should be, I think, I think, and if I were a science teacher, I would do this, but I think this should be posted up on the wall of every junior high school and high school science class in the world. It is this quote. I don't know anything, but I do know that everything is interesting if you go into it deeply enough. So that is Richard Feynman from The Pleasure of Finding Things Out. A great example of when you go into a book and it's not quite the book you expected it to be. That happens sometimes. Anyway, like I said, if you go to YouTube, you can search for Richard Feynman. There's a lot of good stuff from him. If you would like this book in audio format, go to audibletrial.com slash lablib, and you can sign up for a free trial membership with audible.com. With that free trial membership comes a free book download, and you can choose The Pleasure of Finding Things Out. Now, there's a, an older version, and there's a new version. Looking at the homepage now, there's an unabridged version narrated by Dan Cashman, and you can download that right now. But it looks like there's another edition on its way out, which should be released in mid-April, narrated by Sean Runette, whoever that is. So... If you hold off for a little while, then you might be able to make a choice between the two. But if you really want it now, you can get it now. So go get it. Audibletrial.com slash lablib. Support the podcast. Get yourself something to listen to. Make everybody happy. Okay. Next week, it is the last week of the month. And you know what that means. It is Wheel of Time time again. And we are getting into the penultimate Wheel of Time book which is Towers of Midnight. And let me give you a bit of a trivia question for this book. Who is... All right. Almost all, the, almost all of the characters were created by Robert Jordan, of course. Um, but there is one character, one Ashaman character, who's generally considered to be Brandon, Sand Brandon Sanderson's character. He's the one that Sanderson has really made his own. So this is... Who is this Ashaman who is most... Definitely Brandon Sanderson's character. I'll give you a hint. He's very good with gateways. Okay, so using that information, if you read the story, you should know who it is. If you haven't read the story, you should be able to Google that, I think. Ashaman, who's very good with gateways, and you should be able to find that out. But let me know, uh, and we'll get into the Wheel of Time next week. So that is about it. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the day. i got to go out and run a couple of errands. But other than that, I'll probably just be sitting at home being lazy, which is what you should do with a midweek day off. I hope that you have a chance to be lazy as well, and I will talk to you all again next week. A text version of this review will be up on the blog, thelablib.org, along with any relevant links I can think of. If you have anything you want to say or any suggestions you'd like to make, please leave a comment and let me know. If you have a book you would like to recommend, I would be happy to hear it. If you'd like to send me an email, send it to labyrinthlibrary at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, please give a review on iTunes, become a fan on Facebook, or follow LabLib on Twitter. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives license, so feel free to share it, but please don't sell it or change it. The music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod 
at www.incompetech.com. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. And until then, keep reading. Thank you.